0: I am always so impressed looking at the way the teachers of these students help National History Day students work their way through a long-term project. Because where you start might not be where you end up. And that's something I think those of us who work in archives are used to seeing in professional scholars and historians But it's not something we're used to seeing middle and high schoolers do. Oh, yeah. And it's traumatic for them. They're like, but I was supposed to do this. (laughs) It's also incredible where they start off with one broad topic Mm -hmm. and they want to write about something and they find one letter in a collection like yours at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. And all of a sudden there's something else that they're looking at within that.
1: Hello, listeners. I'm Jonathan Eater, your host for Seekers and Scholars. And what we're talking about, and I think you got a little flavor of it just now, is an extraordinary program called National History Day. I'm so happy to be in the studio with Kate Melchior of the Massachusetts Historical Society, where she's Assistant Director of Education. Hello, Kate.
0: Hello. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, it's great to have you here, and it's great also to be with you, Dorothy Rivera, who is Manager of Research Services here at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Hi there, Dorothy. Hi, Jonathan. So in this episode, we'll be learning about the National History Day opportunity for students in high school and middle school, and how institutions like the Mary Baker Eddy Library can be a resource through collections for National History Day projects. But I thought to set the table, to get us started, it might be nice to hear a sound clip of a recent participant in National History Day. As I recall, Kate, she won a prize for her work.
0: Not only did she win a prize, she came in third in her category for the entire country.
1: Wow, that uh, is impressive. Doing an
0: individual website on the history of the
1: Haitian Revolution. She's really incredible. Here's what she has to say about her experience with National History Day, or as she puts it, N.H.D.
2: My name is Nora Sullivan Horner. Uh, I'm a junior at Hamilton Wenham Regional High School. N.H.D. has really changed me, I think. I have improved my work ethic in in so many ways. I have become so much more organized. I've become so much more confident, especially from doing the interviews, being more kind of like self-assured, like, yes, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. It's really opened up a whole new world with history. I'm exploring that as a potential career now because, and it's just, it's shown me so much more about you know, what you may just take as a class freshman year and then forget about it. It's, it's a world, it's uh, so many stories, and you can learn so much about the world around you from it. So it's changed me a lot.
0: When I hear that clip, I can't help but smile, because that's really everything that we want this experience to be for our students. Mm. Uh, And I'm so glad to have the opportunity to talk about National History Day with all of you. It's one of my favorite parts of my job. So National History Day is, in our modest opinion, one of the most effective ways to prepare students for success in college, Mm. in careers, or even just as citizens, Uh, So you're hearing in the clip how she talks about that it builds confidence, it builds expertise, that she becomes the expert in her topic, it builds her communication and presentation skills, and overall it's really building this passion for history and for its connection to present-day events as well. National History Day is a program where students in grades 6 through 12 choose a topic in history— that they're passionate about. It can be American history, international history. And because they've chosen it, they're already invested in the topic. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they go on and they gather evidence to support a claim about that history. Uh, They do this evidence gathering at libraries and archives, through oral histories, through digital collections in institutions like the Massachusetts Historical Society or the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Um, This claim is shaped by a yearly theme that Nationals puts out. So this year, the theme is going to be breaking barriers in history, and that becomes a lens that the students can use to shape their historical argument. That historical argument is then made in one of five ways. They get to choose to do their project in the format of a performance, an exhibit, a website, documentary, or a paper. So this is great because no matter what their creative outlet is, there's an entranceway through History Day. They can pick something that they love. Mm. Uh, And it builds other skills as well. If they're passionate about technology, if they're performance kids, if they love to write, there's something for everybody. After that, they present their topics, and they can go on to regional, state, and finally the national competition in D.C.
1: Wow. And tell us about how the Massachusetts Historical Society connects with National History Day.
0: The Massachusetts Historical Society is all about making history accessible to the community and sharing that history. Mm -hmm. And there's no better way to do that than through sharing history with students and through young people. We got involved a few years back with the National History Day program in Massachusetts. And we are now the Massachusetts affiliates for National History Day. So we do everything. We're training teachers. We're running the competitions. We're doing workshops and trainings for students. We're making our materials more accessible to students who are doing their research projects. And we're also helping to connect these students and teachers with other organizations around Massachusetts uh, because we want them to be able to access their local resources, find out about the local history that they have. And in Massachusetts, we have such uh, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to history and historical institutions that we see it as our job to really help create those connections.
1: That's terrific. Well, we're so happy at the Mary Baker Eddy Library to be part of that constellation of an embarrassment of riches that we have here and in Massachusetts. You know, I thought that maybe we should learn a little bit more about Nora and her project. Listen to that, and then, Dorothy, perhaps you could speak to how uh, the Mary Baker Eddy Library can provide a similar kind of experience.
2: This year I did a senior individual website on the Haitian Revolution. One of the reasons that I chose this topic was because I didn't know anything about it. I had done a, you know, preliminary research for potential topics, I stumbled across this one, and you know, as I looked into it further, I realized how important it was, but the fact that I never heard about it, I wanted to know more, and I think that NHD has just been a really wonderful experience for me to learn more about something that I'm interested in and that may not be Uh, A part of regular curriculum, so you can kind of specialize in something, uh, you know, a part of history that interests you and that you might not have heard of. Favorite primary source that I really liked is actually when I went down to the John Carter Brown Library in Brown University. So uh, I actually had my first archive experience where, you know, you don the gloves and you go digging in drawers. I remember a specific table, like a chart that had this whole list of figures of imports and exports and slave populations. And it was just so incredible to actually hold, like touch history. It really changed my relationship with my topic, with history, historical research in general.
1: Yeah, that idea of touching history, to to hear that excitement in someone so young. I mean, I, I didn't really feel that when I was 17 <laughs> years old. It took quite a few more decades for me to get to that point. But it's so lovely to hear that. And I'm just curious, Dorothy, when you think about our collections and how they touch history, what are the avenues that you can see a high school student or a middle school student really finding that same kind of experience that uh, that this student is talking about?
3: Well, I think the thing that I really loved about what she was saying was that she was doing this research and she came across this thing and it sort of, it it made her think, it made her ask some questions. Mm -hmm. And she ended up coming upon this body of material that told people's stories. I mean, that's really kind of what our job is as historians is to tell people's stories. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think there's some really interesting opportunities to do that in our collection. We have A bunch of different papers that people would have a chance to go through. Um, We have a lot of material relating to Mary Baker Eddy, who was the discoverer and founder of Christian Science. We have a lot of material about her life, including her correspondence. We have a research staff who works here, and our job is to answer questions from the public. And we're able to sort of guide people through these materials. So you can access all of Mary Baker Eddy's incoming and outgoing correspondence. So if you're interested in something Mary Baker Eddy may have said about a particular topic, you can go into her correspondence for that. We also have a wonderful set of materials called our reminiscence file. And this is over 800 accounts of people who either knew Mary Baker Eddy for a long time, they interacted with her, and they tell you what it was like to— in her household to talk to her to be part of her life and you end up with these fascinating different perspectives which I think will be really interesting for students to go through.
1: I think for us at the Mary Baker Eddy Library one of the things that is important about our charge is the fact that in her time Mary Baker Eddy was a household name, everyone in the country knew who Mary Baker Eddy uh, was They may have had different opinions about her. She was controversial, but she was well-known. And 100-plus years later, she has been, to a large extent, forgotten by the general public. There certainly are scholars and people who are interested in, in history for whom she is an important figure. So something that's been very important for us at the, at the Mary Baker Eddy Library is the excitement and sense of purpose of reintroducing her to the world And so I'd be interested, and I'm hoping that people who are interested in National History Day projects would perhaps feel that same excitement and interest to rediscover this really influential figure in the history of the United States and the world, really.
3: Mary Baker Eddy really did break barriers. I mean, she founded an entire faith tradition. This was not something that people did every day. Forget about women. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> w-
3: women were not given the authority to speak on religion in this way, to interpret the Bible. Right. This was a pretty big deal. And on top of that, she founded a publishing society that to this day continues to publish periodicals. She founded a major international newspaper that continues to publish and continues to provide a unique perspective on the world's news. She wrote a book that has been published in multiple languages, and this is something that was unique. And not only did she do those things, through those things, she provided the opportunity for other people to go forward, other men and women who became teachers or lecturers. She gave these people a role in her church, in her publishing society. Looking at the Christian Science Monitor that was founded in the age of the yellow press of Joseph Pulitzer and the New York Daily World, where it was all about sensationalism and selling things, Mary Baker Eddy founded a newspaper that she wanted to tell the truth and to sort of give hope to the world. We have a lot of papers here that talk about the founding of the Monitor, how Its work was done. And I think when we talk about the role of news in our society today, that's another great touchstone for National History Day.
0: Mm. One of the things I love about History Day is it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving, right? So you've got (laughs) kids who are coming out of this passionate about their topic, and that they get to be the expert on this topic. So Mm. they're going to turn around, and there's the opportunity for them to tell other adults like you and me why this is important and why we should know about it. But they're also doing all of this work that gives them critical thinking skills and media literacy. So we think of media literacy as being something that is about current events. But if you're looking at an 18th century newspaper, if you're looking at one of the materials from the Mary Baker Eddy Library, you're going to look in here and say, how is this biased? what are the facts? What's the perspective I'm looking at? Mm -hmm. How does this compare with other newspapers from the same time? What do I know about the author? And it's this great skill that carries over to so many other places.
1: Mm. Coincidentally, you were talking about Joseph Pulitzer. A recent PBS documentary is on on Joseph Pulitzer, and it's really all about the emergence of modern media and how he was really a pioneer and groundbreaker of uh, modern media. But Mary Baker Eddy experienced both sides of it. I mean, she was the subject of Pulitzer's articles. She was the subject of the media as well as the creator of, of media of her own. But she was an example of celebrity journalism, early, late 19th and early 20th century style. And I think it's interesting to look at that and see in what ways that compares to celebrity Journalism today
3: oh yeah no there's there is actually a legitimate comparison I think to be made to paparazzi and you had reporters from Pulitzer who were like jumping on the sides of her carriage trying to trying to get a look at her yeah I mean these were these were actual things that were that happened and are comparable to
0: some of the ways that we discuss news media today One of the many things that I love about this program, it's something that the students do over the course of a year. So they could be revising this project for anywhere between four to nine months. Mm. And so you talk about the analysis here that's going into figuring out how this media is consumed. Uh, They're spending time looking at all of these angles. They get feedback, and they go back, and they visit these sources again. Uh, And we often have students who will come in, and they're really passionate about an issue, but the issue is very recent, so we'll say quite often as a rule of thumb for History Day, you really want the issue you're writing about to be 20, 25 years old, because any closer than that, it's still current events and we can't analyze the aftermath. So we'll say take these current events or take these current issues that you feel passionate about and make that the ending point or make that the so what part of your project. So if you're interested in how media is being consumed, if you're interested in celebrity, if you're interested in women's rights, mm-hmm. in religion, mm-hmm. that looking at somebody like Mary Baker Eddy would be this wonderful project because you can then trace it into where we are today and link in these other issues that the students feel so passionate about. So it's sort of this great melding of history and also civics.
1: So our collections extend beyond the lifetime of, of Mary Baker Eddy. And Dorothy, I know you've been exploring the history of chaplaincy military chaplaincy, I should be specific, in in the Christian science tradition. And in terms of this year's theme of breaking barriers in history, the whole subject of facing the challenge of barriers of religious thought and religious belief within the United States Armed Forces uh, is, is just everywhere. We
3: recently did put up an exhibit commemorating 100 years of Christian scientists and military chaplaincy, so our research staff really got to plow through all kinds of really fascinating documents, photographs, objects. A lot of them you can actually see on display in the exhibit in our research room right now. You see people crossing all sorts of lines to try to sort of find senses of brotherhood and comradeship You see some of it very early on where you have Christian scientists as new to military chaplaincy, and initially they're working just with other Christian scientists, but over time they become more what they would call chaplains at large. One of the things that I thought was actually incredibly touching when I was doing the research, there was a letter from a chaplain in Vietnam. He had written this. It was published in a church newsletter, and he talked about what his job was in the field was to minister to anyone who needed help. Those were other military personnel. Those were civilians. Those were members of the Viet Cong. And -hmm. they would sit there and try to give them a sense of human comfort because that was more important to him than whatever barriers had been put up between him and the person in front of him who was struggling, who was suffering.
0: What you're talking about with this chaplaincy is a really fascinating example for a student to dig into because you have these social barriers, for example. Are religions both a means of connecting and also barriers between people? We have legal barriers, the barriers of kind of church and state. Could those also protect people, but then also cause possibly further barriers? You have something like a war, which could mean both physical and social barriers between different nations, different cultures. Uh, and then you have people within those contexts breaking down possibly barriers within one of those cultures themselves on a battlefield. There's a lot of really rich things to to explore within that. And I think the idea of looking at religion through a historical lens with students could offer a great deal. Mm. One of the things that I think is marvelous about these projects is that you might start off with one topic mm-hmm. and then realize that you have sources for that topic and places that you never even realized mm-hmm. were out there. So it, there might be a student who's really interested in doing Mary Baker Eddy's story, but as you mentioned before, there might be a lot of students who haven't heard of her, but say they're looking at Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there's something in their own backyard that they can access that has you know personal accounts of what took place there. And then in doing so, in coming to the Mary Baker Eddy Library, they become aware that there are all of these resources out there that they hadn't known about.
1: So, Kate, how can people learn a bit more about National History Day?
0: The easiest way to learn about National History Day in Massachusetts is to go to our website masshistoryday.com. It has information about where to start if you're doing research, has resources for teachers, uh, information about the competitions and all their ways that you can get involved, including, and I'll put in a plug for this, if any of you out there want to be a judge, we would love to have you come and join us and check out all of these amazing projects. If you're interested in learning more, you can also get in touch with me at education at masshist.org, M-A-S-S-H-I-S-T. And I'd love to hear from you if you are a student and looking for help for a project. If you are a teacher who's interested in getting your students involved with National History Day, or if you're an administrator as a school, we'd love to help with offering trainings or resources. If you're an institution out there who'd like to do what the Mary Baker Eddy Library is doing and get involved with us, we have a number of ways that we can help connect you with National History Day students in your region. Um, we'd love to do so. And lastly, if you are a member of the public and you're interested in getting involved, we are always looking for volunteers, and we would love to hear from you. This is a chance to bring everybody together to be involved in history.
1: Dorothy, what are we going to be doing at the Mary Baker Eddy Library to facilitate people's understanding of how our collections could be a place to go for a National History Day project?
3: Oh, I'm so thrilled you asked. Um, Just because, (laughs) honestly, anyone interested in doing significant research, I always encourage them to contact us just because it will make their experience more productive. It enables us to help patrons. And so I say this as much to PhDs as I do to high school students. Get in touch with us. If there's something that you're interested in, for example, you want to know about newspaper coverage in the 19, early 1900s, then get in touch with us and we employ a staff of researchers and we will dive into our collection. We will find materials that may be helpful to you in your project, but I think it is incredibly important to open that dialogue. Some of it is for really practical logistical reasons. Our collections are so extensive that we don't actually keep everything on site, so sometimes we may have to get materials delivered, but also it enables us to sort of go, well, you're interested in this, but we also have something about this that might be helpful to you as well. So what I really encourage everyone to do, both students and teachers, is to contact us. Our email address is research at You can also get to
0: us through our website. Like the Mary Baker Eddy Library, we have requests coming into our archive from across the country. In addition to Massachusetts students getting in touch with us,
1: Well, another thing that we're doing, and it's really at at your suggestion, Kate, is putting together a landing page on the Mary Baker Eddy Library website, specifically focused on how our collections can connect to this year's National History Day theme of breaking barriers in history. And we promise, Kate, to have this done by (laughs) mid-September when you will be, as I understand it, sending out a newsletter.
0: Yes, we are going to have a newsletter heading out with a whole bunch of different resources for National History Day in Massachusetts, including links to several institutions which have created specified landing pages like yours, mm-hmm. um, which are wonderful because they're particularly attuned to students and they're attuned to the theme. So right. Mass, the Mass Historical Society has one as well. And it's great because as a teacher, you can send your students there and they can get inspiration for the project that they might want to work on. And it's also great because it has a way for students to get in touch with the librarians or the researchers at that institution. If you're interested in getting that newsletter, you can sign up on our webpage again at www.masshistoryday.org, and you'll get some more information.
1: Thanks so much, Kate, and thanks for all you're doing at Mass Historical in support of National History Day.
0: Thank you so much for having me here. This has been such a wonderful experience.
1: And thank you so much, Dorothy. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seekers and Scholars on National History Day, Transforming Students' Lives in Archives. Our guests were Kate Melchior, Assistant Director of Education at the Massachusetts Historical Society, and Dorothy Rivera, Manager of Research Services at the Mary Baker Eddy Library. Our next episode also takes us into the Treasures of Archives, as we discuss the Irwin Canum Collection. Canham was a longtime editor of the Christian Science Monitor, overseeing the paper during critical global and national developments, including World War II, post-war reconstruction and decolonization, the McCarthy hearings, and the Civil Rights Movement. The Mary Baker Eddy Library is in the process of opening Canum's papers. We'll explore the significance of this collection, and what's involved in opening a collection of this magnitude? Our guests are Alison Kuberski, Manager of Records Management at the Mary Bakerty Library, and Charlotte Lellman, who is Processing Archivist for the Canham Collection. Also joining the conversation is Clayton Jones, Chief Editorial Writer of the Christian Science Monitor. I'm Jonathan Eder. Thank you for joining us. In the world of seekers and scholars. This
2: podcast is produced by the Mary Baker Eddy Library, copyright 2019.